All right, hello again, everyone. Frank Bowl here with another installment of There's Just Something About Kansas City, a positive look at our great town and uh, the people, places, and things that make it such a great place to live. And I, I couldn't be happier to bring this guy in, and he is the voice of America, and everyone knows him. It is the one and only Kevin Harlan, my good friend from a long time ago. And Kevin, I, I, I started to go back on the years, and I was in Green Bay in 1980, and I thought you were still in high school at that time, but I think you're a sophomore at Kansas, uh, home for the summer, and still carrying the towels around and the footballs around for the Green Bay Packers during preseason practice. And I can remember this young kid kept following us around, my, my photographer and I, and I've told this story so many times, and uh, he kept following us around, following us around. And I turned to my photographer and I said, who, who is this, this kid? Who, who, who is this? This kid's a pest. And he goes, um, uh, Frank, uh, that's Bob Harlan's son. He's the uh, the general manager of the Green Bay Packers. I said, Kevin, my best friend and buddy, how are you? Come on over here. What do you want to know? How are you, Kev? <laughs> I'm great, Frank. Gosh, it's good to see you and hear your voice. And uh, you're right. We have known each other for a many, many years, over 40 years. Think of that. Uh, when I was a ball boy and you were in Green Bay and uh, and and I, you probably don't remember this, but I was doing high school play-by-play when I was in high school up in Green Bay, and and um, you came behind me and tapped me on the shoulder. You were doing were you Channel Two, right? Were you Channel yes, two? Uh, B-A-Y, right? And uh, you said hello, and I remember you doing that, just being kind as you always are, and then walking to go do whatever it was you were going to go do, and I thought, my. Frank Bull just tapped me on the shoulder. Oh, um, but uh, gosh, it is uh it's great to see you. I wish we were in the same studio. I apologize I'm not there, but but uh, this is about as good as it gets, I guess, with modern technology and you're so nice to have me on. Thank you so much, Frank. Yeah, well, I think it's great. You're an integral part of this city. We will talk about that as we go along. It was funny, uh, just before Kevin and I went on, he was talking about doing his uh, NBA 2K thing, and he said, I've got a guy in a barn in New Hampshire, somebody in San Diego, and somebody in San Francisco, and I'm going, like Charles Barkley, how many jobs Kevin got anyway? I mean, it's just, it well, is, you, have worked, you have worked for everybody and everything, basically, in broadcasting. Well, uh, by the grace of God, I have yeah. uh, very lucky and fortunate along the way. But the, the, the NBA 2K game has been kind of the value added thing that I never really have thought that much about. I've been doing it since uh, 2005. And this is uh, uh, we're doing right now taping 2K24. But the game is this is the uh, second highest selling sports video game in the world. Oh, my God. So it sells like. 25 30 million copies every single year and it's an expensive thing to buy i mean it's it's uh, and i don't see it but the company that i work for uh they approached me back in in that uh, 2005 frame and 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 at, at the time they'd fly me to san francisco frank and i'd have uh, a stack of paper legal sized paper that big with lines to read and then they put videos on a monitor and i just sit in the studio for like two weeks and like read all these things, you know, and now they've got it so that I've got a, they built a little studio at our home in Kansas City and one up here in Wisconsin where I am right now. And I can sit on the floor in my closet <laughs> and put a headset on and they'll show me this stuff. So the other day uh, I'm doing it and we have all these people that, that are on the uh, game with me. But I, but I was with Doris Burke and Doris Burke is at her home in Rhode Island on the shore in Rhode Island. And, and I'm on my closet up here in Wisconsin. We've got an engineer guy and, and producer in a barn in New Hampshire where he lives with his family. <laughs> we have another guy at the studios in San Francisco. And then another guy who does something, I don't know what, in, in San Diego. And so we got all these people and, and we, you know, we, we do this game and it's amazing. We, they should be sending people to Mars and not doing video games. They're so smart. Um, but anyway, I'm a part of that, and that's what I—that's why I finish up my big, busy 
uh, schedule doing is this video game every year for the NBA. Yeah, you know, and here, here's the other thing. Okay, folks, I just want you to picture Kevin Harlan in every great venue he's ever been in for the NFL, the NBA, for the Super Bowls, and then picture him sitting on his butt in his closet <laughs> doing NBA 2K. So when you listen to NBA 2K or play NBA 2K, uh, imagine Kevin Harlan sitting in his closet doing well, all the vi- all the audio. And my wife Ann is downstairs, and like some, she'll have friends over there playing bridge or whatever. What they having, you know, whatever, having a glass of wine on the on, on the uh, looking at the water or whatever. And <laughs> and uh, and and many friends, say, I think you've got a TV on upstairs. I can I can hear a TV on. Is there a game going on somewhere? <laughs> oh, here comes Anna Dacumbo down the lane, and and and. And and they think they think we've got like a, a TV on, so like it's yeah. it's nuts. It's it's uh, this as you know in this business. I mean, who would have ever thought? Who would have ever thought that we'd be <laughs> you and I'd be talking like this at this stage of our lives on a on a you know on a I'm on a laptop uh, you know up in on Lake Michigan and you're in a studio in Kansas City and here we are able to talk about whatever we're going to talk about. It's uh, weird how the business has evolved, isn't it? Yeah, it it is amazing. And folks, for all you people who think Kevin got lucky uh, in his career, that is uh, far from the truth. I think he started in high school on a radio station, on a real over-the-air radio station, right, doing uh, both uh, hockey at that time, ice hockey, which you do not do now, which is funny, and you also did uh, high school football at the same time. But you were already broadcasting. You must have known from an early age. And I know your dad, Bob Harlan, such a wonderful man um, was so kind to me when I was in Green Bay working for WBAY TV. But he was he was a journalism student at Marquette, yes. and actually went out and started. He started in journalism. He he wrote for UPI, right? He did. He worked for UPI right out of college and covered the Packers and Vince Lombardi. Oh gosh! And uh, he was he was in the newspaper business, the wire service business, for a while. And then he be- went. Then he went back to Marquette and became the sports information director. Right. In his last year there, they hired a new young coach, basketball coach, by the name of Al McGuire. Mm-hmm. So he was there with Al McGuire, <laughs> and then he went to the Baseball Cardinals in St. Louis. And that team had had uh, Hall of Famers like uh, Bob Gibson, Lou Brock, Roger Maris, uh, Joe Torre was on that team. Orlando Cepeda, Tim McCarver. And they were in the World Series in 67 and 68. Then he went with Dan Devine uh, from the University of Missouri to the Green Bay Packers. Right. He thought raising uh, with my mom, uh, three boys, and the world of baseball with all the travel and all the different things was probably not the best way to be a, a family man that he had always envisioned he'd be. And so he, uh, he left baseball and went, luckily, to the NFL. And he was with the Packers for – 37 years, 21 years as the president and CEO, and gave a, uh, his young son, myself, and my brother, who's in business to a degree, right, chance to kind of look behind the curtain, see what the business was all about, see what being on the sideline was like, seeing, uh, you know, being in dugouts and in clubhouses and locker rooms and press boxes and all the areas that uh, the regular public doesn't get a chance to see, but we got that exposure because of my dad and, and, and letting us kind of uh, tail along with him as yeah. he went, uh, from game to game and practice to practice. So you, you didn't, you did the journalism thing. We'll talk about the university of Kansas here in a minute, but you did. did was there ever a doubt in your mind? You were going to, obviously when you started doing the play-by-play at a young age, you had a, you were really focused young. Did you ever waver from that to think maybe I'd rather get into the administrative side instead of doing uh, all the play-by-play, because I'm sure your dad probably told you, hey, if you start doing this, you are going to be gone from home a lot. And uh, maybe you never realized how much you would be gone from home. Yeah, true. Uh, he did mention that. But but at the same time, I, I watched it firsthand. I got a I got a front-row seat to what he was doing. And, and so that, that was very helpful, knowing what that business would be like. Um, my brother Brian is a sports agent. Before he became a sports agent for uh, head coaches in college and pro football, uh, he was uh, with the Chicago Bears. So he kind of was on that path right? In, in public relations, media relations, like my dad was until he became the president. But then um, he, he diverted and went to 
something that was he thought better. So I, I thought a little bit about administration, but I really wanted to be an airline pilot. My dad, oh gosh, math grades and said, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, they need to know a lot of math, a lot of mechanical uh, computation, and I just don't know if that's your strong suit. Uh, but then he would always like me. That was not my strong suit. My dad would say, and so. Um, uh, but, but he did. He did suggest journalism. He said he, he had the best of both worlds. He said you like to you like airlines and travel. I said you'll get a lot of that certainly in this business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you'll get to be in journalism, and and so he kind of opened the door. And let me see. Even before that, when I was about nine, ten, eleven years old, uh, I was in my bedroom practicing doing games off TV wow. and listening to broadcasters and voices and. And then, as you said, when I was in high school, high school had a radio station, which was weird, but they did uh, run by students and watts, went about 10 miles in circumference. That's about as far as it would reach. But we did all the broadcasting. And and that's really where I got sunk my teeth into it. But the practicing I did in my room as a weird kid was probably pretty <laughs> helpful, too. That kind of got me up and running in, the, in that world. Yeah. So and then you're now making a decision. It's probably junior, senior in high school. And you're making a decision about where you're going to go to school. And I know, you know, University of Wisconsin there, it's a great academic institution. Of course, you were also looking at Notre Dame at that time. Tell the story about how you ended up from Green Bay when you had those two choices and you ended up at the University of Kansas. Well, my dad was with the Packers. They were playing the Bears in Chicago late in the season, uh, my senior year. So this would have been December of 77. And I was doing a lot of broadcasting. I was not only doing games for our student station at, at our high school, but I was also uh, now doing games for commercial radio stations in and around Green Bay. So I was doing, a, I was working a lot. And uh, my dad saw Gary Bender, who was doing the game for CBS in yeah. Chicago at Soldier Field. Gary had done the Packers on radio, so they knew each other. And he was kind of filling him in what I was doing. And Gary said, you know, he should – you should really look at the University of Kansas. I went there as a graduate student, and I learned under a guy named Tom Hedrick. Oh, yeah. And uh, Tom was at that time doing the Jayhawks on on football and basketball radio network broadcast, play-by-play. And uh, so I, I I went down to KU to visit Tom at his invitation, sat next to him doing a game as a senior in high school. I mean, it was Allen Fieldhouse, White Arnold Valentine was the freshman guard. And- wow. And uh, sat next to Tom during the game and flew home that Sunday night and and said, uh, that's where I want to go. I said, Tom Hedrick told me that if I come to KU, I would uh, be the sideline person on the radio network broadcast with him and David James. I would do uh, pregame, halftime, and postgame on the on the football games. I'd help him on the broadcast on the basketball network. They would then do KU baseball with him and fill in for all the different radio shows he had every day around Lawrence at three different stations. I, I could do that as well uh, when, when he couldn't make it and he needed some help getting interviews. I, I, so for four years, that's all I did as a Tom. And then I got an internship at WIBW in Topeka. Uh, but because I did this with Tom, I got that chance. Then I got to do the Chiefs pregame show in Kansas City, the two-hour pregame show. Um, sophomore, junior, and senior year produced that. Um, because again, what it started for me at Kansas. So I owe everything to Tom. I, I had lunch with him this fall. I haven't, haven't seen him much. We, we, we'll talk every once in a while. I need to get in there actually and see him. He's now living in Lawrence. Uh, his wife has just passed. Uh, but Tom is still as sharp and as great as ever. He's, he's, he can broadcast a game now, I'm sure, but I owe him so much. Yeah, he is a piece of work. He's a great guy. Yeah, and Gary Bender helping you out too. And yes. then, and then you going in there right away and getting all this. Um, okay, I'm gonna. It, it's almost like a football coach, but they have you know ten recruits they're talking to for one position. He's telling lies to all. You know, the coach is telling lies to all the recruits, right? Yeah, you're my starter. You're the greatest guy I know. You're the best recruit I've ever had. One of those deals. But he followed through, and you doing, you know, uh, sidelines for Kansas football. Uh, as a freshman in college, was a leap of faith for him, especially to take with you. Uh, listen, he did. He put he put a lot of faith that I could do the job, and uh, always tried to you know meet his meet his expectations, and fell short often. But but he stuck with me, and 
and was so instrumental in just giving me a chance. And that's really uh, the practical experience of doing that. I mean, I was living a dream. I would go to school when I was like a junior and senior at KU because I had had that internship in Topeka at Channel 13 and WIBW 580 Radio. I, my, I would do a small college game on radio for WIBW Thursday. I would do a high school game in some small Kansas town on Friday. I'd come and do KU sideline pregame, halftime, postgame on Saturday. And then after that, we'd drive into Kansas City and edit my two-hour pregame show for Don Fortune That's right. uh, on KCMO Radio 810. And I'd, I'd sleep on the floor a lot of times in, at, at the at the studios <laughs> because I had to work all night to get ramped up because I was going to school all during the week and I couldn't get into Kansas City to do what I, what I had to do. But doing all that stuff just gave I, I love the business I love and I, as I do to this day but but doing all those things was just you know so helpful the practical experience uh was was just uh, uh unbelievable and 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 Tom uh opened up the door that way that I could do all those different things I didn't have a great social life in college which I don't regret <laughs> I had enough that I, I didn't get in trouble but well then I, you didn't have enough Okay, if you didn't get any trouble, we didn't have enough social life. Let well, hey, let somebody tell you that that knows. That okay, I was running around with you and Abel and all these other guys. That was the problem. Well, um, you know, you uh, you, you got to watch the crowd you get in with there, son. I know, no, thank God you were in Kansas City at that time because we we did we would we'd go after you were done doing the uh, sports of Channel Four, you'd, we'd come out, we'd meet someplace. Oh, we go to Kelly's. You know, all of our buddies, all you know, all That's the different right. people that we why Wiki and all the all those guys, you remember them all, and Al Wallace and all those folks. So it was that was a great time in my life. But I I I in college worked most of the time and yeah, no regrets about it. Got out in four years, but but it was certainly helpful. Yeah, I hope uh people who are listening, especially parents who have kids that are interested in in doing what you do, okay, doing the play by play uh for a local college or, you know, professional, whatever they want to do or try to do. I hope they're listening to what exactly you went through to get quote lucky, uh, you know, in your career. There was no, there was no luck involved. You did the Kings and KU at the same time. I think you did the chiefs. Then you go and here you are university of Kansas kid and you go and do Missouri. Okay. You go, go to university of Missouri. How did you handle the, Okay, Mizzou is now playing the University of Kansas. How, how are we going to handle this thing? <laughs> well, to backtrack a little bit, the Kings were leaving. Right. And, and the Chiefs' job came open. Wayne Larravee left to go do the Chicago Bears, and right. I was on the air at KCMO. I was doing the Kings. I didn't want to go to Sacramento. I I, I, I had nothing against it, but I was, I'm was i a Midwest kid. I'm, 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 I'm from Wisconsin and in Kansas City. That, that those, are, those are my homes. Right. And my buddies were all in Kansas City. And, and, and I really didn't want to go out there, but was prepared to go out and do the NBA in Sacramento. But then Wayne Larrabee left. Um, Len Dawson and I did a demo tape of a Missouri uh, spring football game at Arrowhead. Lamar heard it, loved it, and, and I got the, the Chiefs job so I could stay in Kansas City. But when the Kings left, I was not doing any basketball. So um, going into the 1986 season, uh, KCMO Radio, which was broadcasting the Chiefs, got the rights to do Missouri football and basketball. And Missouri said, we'd love to have one of your broadcasters and they mentioned me, but we've got to have him come down to Columbia and meet Norm. (laughs) Now now listen, here's where it gets interesting. So I'm a Kansas guy, as you said, and they're going to hire me to do Missouri. I like crazy. Uh, uh, So I drive down on a July afternoon midweek. And at Boone Tavern, I'm going to sit down and have lunch with Norm Stewart. The football coach was Woody Woodenhofer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The assistant AD was Joe Castiglione, who is now a longtime AD at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And Jack Lengel, who was the AD at Missouri. Jack Lengel is the guy that took over after the plane crash went down for the football team back. He was the one that took over the football program in the wake of that disaster. Uh, was it um, was it Evansville? Which, which the football team that? Uh, no, it was Marsh uh, Marshall. Was it Marshall? It may have been. Jack Lingle is a historic figure right. in in college sport. So those are the four guys. 
And and I remember going down there and having lunch. And Norm was great, as Norm always is, was, and is to this day. Uh, but I'm sure he thought, like, like have we, the, the University <laughs> of Missouri, the, the, the School of Bob Justice, and, and we had Jack Buck doing our games, and Dan Kelly, the voice of the Blues, doing our games, and, uh, 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 like, all these guys, we're, and we're going to do this? So I went down for, for fall basketball practice, like, in October, because they invited me to come down and watch practice whenever I wanted. I thought, I better go down there on the opening day of practice. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. <laughs> so I drive down there, and I'm sitting up in the upper rafters, and they're, they're starting basketball practice. And Norm is looking around the Hearn Center, looking around, and he sees me up. there like, who is that? Like, who's that? <laughs> and he sends up two security guys to get me. And I say, Coach Stewart in July said I could come in, and Bob Brendel, who's the, who the, is the SID, said I could come in and watch practice. But they clearly had not told Norm. So the two security guys go scampering down the stairs, back out on the floor, tell Norm. Norm comes running up the other way, up the stairs, up to me in the seat. I go, oh, crap. I said, well, I said what's going to happen now? He sits down with me. We watch the first 30 minutes of practice together. And he said, what are you doing after practice? I was going to drive back home to Kansas City. No, no. Me and Virginia want to take you out to dinner. Yeah. That's right. I went to dinner with Norm. Then we dropped off Virginia. And he and I went out that night in, in Columbia, which began the uh, 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 anyway to fast forward. Uh, he asked me to write the forward to his book. So to this day, Norm and I are great friends, exchange holiday cards. Uh, I love that man. I loved him from the moment I met him. Uh, now to, to, to this very moment, you and I are talking and, and he made it very easy for me. And, and Joe Castiglione, I, I ended up being in Joe Castiglione's wedding uh, while he was still in Missouri. Right. And uh, and so now he's been at Oklahoma for like 20, 25 years. So so that worked out well. The Missouri thing worked out very well. But it was weird being in Allen Fieldhouse calling a Missouri Tiger game. <laughs> that's the business we're in. Yeah, we're it, it is. And, and, and obviously you did, you know, you're very even handed there, you know, because you probably have had to handle Green Bay Packer jobs or um, games yes, against yes, somebody yes. as well. But Norm's great because Norm was a guy that always said, you know, they stayed in the, in the state of Missouri when they went to play University of Kansas. I'll never spend a stinking dime in that in that state ever in my life. I'm not paying it. <laughs> and then, and then the sit-down yeah. norm, and then norm in the rocking chair, and the whole deal. That's, there's some classic stuff going on there. Great um, man. Great, and, great man. And, and, Kevin, you've worked for NBC, ESPN, TNT, TBS, CBS, Fox, Time Warner, we talked about the NBA 2, 2K deal. Westwood won. I'm probably missing out on somebody or something along the way. You've broadcast virtually everything. You've done the uh, you know, the NFL, the NBA, and the Super Bowls. And I think you're only one of three guys who have um, who have done all four major sports, right? Dick Stockton and Marv Albert are the only other two. Is that correct? Right. Uh, the the most games for the four major sports, right. the network broadcasts of those four sports. <coughs> Excuse me, Frank. We had um, I've, I've been around uh, by, by the grace of God uh, uh, all these years, and I've done a lot of national games of sports, a lot of football, um, and um, a lot of NBA basketball, and those numbers added up. So I think. They showed, they showed me this last year in the Western Conference Finals at TNT. Marv had done like over 4,000 games. Dick oh, Stock good Lord. like 3,500, and, and I think I just reached 3,000. So I'm third all-time of the four major sports network broadcasts, and uh, that's kind of hard to even think about, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's crazy. And, and really, the only two major sports you haven't done, NHL, and the professional golf tour, right? They're, they're about the only tour. Your dad was a very avid golfer. Did you ever take up the sport? Did you ever play? I did. Oh, yeah, we golfed all the time. My dad and I and my younger brother, Brian. Okay. Um, golfed all the time, was on the golf team in, in high school and enjoyed that thoroughly. My dad was a city champion of Des Moines, Iowa when he was growing up. He was a great golfer. He was a phenomenal golfer. Uh, and then got into sports and yeah. the time it didn't lend itself to going out and golfing anymore, but we golfed as kids. He taught us the game and it's a nice, nice gift that he gave. He gave, uh, I've got another younger brother as well, but, but he was too young to golf with us at that time. But, you know, we golfed and we love it to this day. Did you ever get overtures from the NHL and, uh, the PGA tour? I had a chance to, <laughs> I had a chance to 
broadcast University of Wisconsin hockey when I was in high school. And that's big time. <laughs> but not the NHL, no, no, no. I, I, I uh, had a chance to do Major League Baseball with the Cardinals. Jack Buck had me come in and do a tape, and the Cardinals offered me a job to do it with him and Mike Shannon. Uh, but I've not done Major League Baseball, uh, and I'm not. I've done golf on radio, uh, PGA Championship on radio, but that was just once there. I didn't. Again, I don't want to leave in the summer. I don't want to do anything in the summer. And then, uh, yeah, no, no NHL work. But enjoy the broadcasters that do it. Admire them greatly because that's a hard, hard sport to broadcast. Yeah, and especially, you know, on a golf deal, if you're up on the 18th uh, tower, you're over the 18th green, you you go, Rory McIlroy, no regard for human life with that putt. You know, I don't I don't think that's going to quite, you know, translate right there. No, right? no, 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 you're right, you're right, no. But, but I, I could easily, I think I could easily do golf, quite frankly. I, I uh, uh, there are moments in every game where there's more of a, you know, it's a blowout and there's more of a conversational type tone and, and I have no problem at all, I think, uh, doing that. But, but like I said, I, I, I finished my, my basketball season about June 1st. Yeah. Uh, you know, because the NCAA tournament and, and the NBA playoffs, are, they're only about 10 days apart. And so that's a lot of basketball. Yeah. And then it goes until June 1st with conference finals, whichever conference that year we happen to be doing. I, I'm ready for a break. And, and, uh, and I'll start up again about August first with with NFL preseason doing the Packer games, but but I'm I, I'm ready for a I need a break. I'm not smart enough. My mind my mind would would explode if I did anything else. Well, what I'm doing. Well, I uh, I know one thing about you. You're a great family man, and this time to you is precious. And we really, you know, we really appreciate the fact that you're joining us. And we're gonna move from the sports arena a little bit. And we're gonna go to family. How'd you meet Ann? Uh, Big Eight basketball weekend, 1987. I was supposed to go to dinner with a bunch of my buddies. You know them all. And a bunch <laughs> of uh, girls that we ran around with in that group. There was about five or six gals that were from different schools around the Kansas City area. All, all of us were single. And about five of us guys were going to meet down in the plaza for dinner. And I was supposed to meet some gal there uh, who was in town. Uh, kind of get set up and they want to introduce me that night at dinner. So we sit down at dinner, but I'm sitting next to the wrong gal. I'm sitting next to Ann, my wife. Um, and I didn't know Ann and we started talking about 20 minutes into the dinner. I said, Hey, you're talking to the wrong one. You're the person you should be talking to. She <laughs> said, game over. I knew, that, I knew that night that she was something different than I had ever experienced um, and visiting with her. Walked her to the door of the restaurant and said, I'll have to call you sometime. And she was leaving with a couple girlfriends. And uh, we we went out for a, a midnight date a couple days later. I went to go do a Missouri game in the tournament. They lost to Rhode Island on, on uh, in the round of 64, in the first round. Went back out to the airport quickly so I could get back and see her. Um, we met March 7th. Uh, probably could have eloped a, a two weeks later because we both knew, but got <laughs> officially engaged June 14th and got married that Christmas. Got married in, a, in an ice storm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She said, I didn't care where we got married. I just wanted to get, you know, be your wife. I feel the same way. We flew after the wedding in this ice storm out of Tulsa to Kansas City, and I had to do the Chiefs-Seattle game the next day. Oh, God. There were about, about 14,000 fans in the stands. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember and those I went, days. And I went there and picked her up at her at – her, we, we didn't even move in. We, she was still living in her apartment. We had not moved her clothes or anything over to the to where I lived, our, my house. And then went out to the airport and went on our honeymoon for about a week and then went back and went and did Missouri basketball. Did my next Missouri basketball game and finished out the season. And, and so she's been a, a – a wife of a person who does a lot of broadcasts and a lot of traveling, and she's she's been unbelievable. I, I when we first met, I was done after the Big Eight tournament, and then I was off all summer. So she thought, "What does this guy do? Like, <laughs> like, 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 what's your real job? Like, like, what is what's your profession?" I said, "This is my profession. This is what I do." <clears throat> but then, and now I'm kind of off in the summer. Then when football starts, I'll start that. Uh, so she thought, "Boy, this is very good work in the summer." Then football started. Oh, yeah. Basketball. I was doing two football games, uh, Missouri on 
Missouri on Saturday and the Chiefs on Sunday, then Missouri basketball. So she quickly found out that that my schedule got very busy in the fall and the winter. But she's um, she's been unbelievable. If, if ever an angel walked the earth, it's my wife. She's she's been phenomenal. Yeah, and it's, I, it, and it's a, my life without her. I can't can't imagine being in the business and having any any of the success that I've had without her. There's, there's no doubt she's the reason. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, I think also, Kevin, they, you know, no one has an idea about the, you know, they think it's great and wow, Kevin's at this game and that game, whatever. But there is the family you sort of leave behind to have to do that to, you know, do your profession. And basically this is what you do for a living and it's how you make money and it's how you live, you know, the way you live and you get to do the things you get to do, but there is no, there is no template for, the wife of somebody that does what you do or a coach for that matter, or somebody like that. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you're, you're in the business and your family has known what your schedule is like. And it's, it, no, it, it isn't easy. And there's, we're not, you know, saying woe is me or whatever. We're not that, but, but it is, it, it does require a lot of time away. Um, but I always make it back for the, for games that the kids were in. Uh, they were all cheerleaders. And so I got back for virtually every game they were cheerleading. Um, I think it was important uh, for, for kids to see their parents, whether oh, they yeah. say it or not. But I think deep down, they appreciate you being there, watching them doing what they're doing, supporting them. So, and you were a dad like that. So, you know what I'm talking about. And that, that was, um, that was important. And my daughters have all said, and my son, they've said, you know, we never felt like you missed anything. Like you were there for prom, you were there for homecoming. You were there for games. You were there for graduations, birthdays. We may have had to move a birthday from a Tuesday to a Wednesday. Yeah. Because I was doing a game on Tuesday. But for all the important stuff, they always said, we felt like you missed nothing, which has been, to me, like the best thing I, a dad in this position could ever hear, that they felt that. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't gone. Uh, but there have been some crazy stories. One, one year, my daughter was homecoming queen at her high school. And the dads always walk their daughter out to, you know, center court where they then announce, and our queen is, that. and Haley, you just saw Haley the other night. <clears throat> and um, so I went to that, and then, you know, second half of the basketball game began, and, you know, I got to walk her out there and was so full of pride in doing that, then ran out the door as we left the floor, and they were going to start the second half of the game, went to the airport, flew to Nashville, Drove to Athens, Georgia during the middle of the night, got to Athens in my hotel room about 5.30 in the morning, woke up at 8.30 at the arena at 10 and did a CBS Kentucky Georgia basketball game at noon and flew back that night to watch her at the dance when they put the crown on. So, so it was, it was really, uh, that, that was kind of typical of the life that we had at the time when the girls and Robert, our son, were in sports and doing doing things, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. It, I was a young man at that time. I could handle it and it worked out well. And I didn't miss the important things. And that, that has been one of the great uh, gifts of this job. Yeah. Right. And I've heard a lot of those stories where you'd be doing a game on the West coast and you might be doing something in at, for golden state. And then maybe the next night you had a game in Seattle, but you would, you would fly home to Kansas city for a day or yeah. hours and then get back on a plane and fly to Seattle. Whereas you could have flown from, San Francisco or Oakland to Seattle and take and put your feet up for a night, but you never did that. You were always, you always came home and you always had a reason to come well, home. Yeah. The responsibility uh, I, I considered uh, being a husband and father as important as my job. And, and uh, luckily uh, there were no delays. There were no cancellations. Uh, I was able to take red eyes that fit with the schedule. I get home and spend a morning and an afternoon and, and then have to leave again that night, but but it worked out, and um, no reg again, no regrets. Kind of part of the way our kids grew up and the schedule that they knew that I had. And my right. wife, my wife never complained, never does complain. She just uh, she knew the life that she was uh, getting into and has been supportive. And like I said, I I couldn't do, and it was a lot of for my own sanity too. You know, being on the road, uh, there there's nothing. There really is nothing fun about. It. Now when we were doing. And I was a very young man, uh, and you'd make the trips, and we all flew together on the same charter. Right. We'd go out on Saturday night and have a nice dinner as a big group of media guys, and that was fun. Those days quickly ended. 
uh, when teams wouldn't allow the media on the charter anymore. And so anyway, but, but it, it worked out. And, and, uh, and I do feel there was a higher power probably watching over me, knowing that my intentions were good uh, to get home for that sliver of time. And I think, I think seeing my face, you know, when I could have been gone for a week, I was home maybe three nights, three days or whatever. I, th- I, I, I think it all added up yeah. the year and made a difference. Yeah. That, that, that was really important. And, and I know, Knowing children, I know they all probably complain to you or at least tease you a little bit about, oh, Olivia has to be his favorite because she does the sidelines of football. And she was on with Dad on a national broadcast. <laughs> Do you catch a little of that at, at the house a little? <laughs> no, because I, I make every girl, and we're now on the family chain, and they'll put up pictures of the grandkids or what they're doing. And I always try to be singular in my praise. Uh, we're, 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 if, we, if we have a fault, if I've got a fault, I, I probably didn't reprimand as much as I should when they would trip <laughs> and hit a speed bump or whatever, which the, the, by the grace of God, they, they really, really didn't. But uh, no, no, I, I think they all feel like they're, you know, singular in my mind when I'm dealing with them that, that you know, they're at that moment the most important. And it just so happened that Olivia got in the business. I, I, I told all of our kids, I said, it is not all, I said, all you've seen is the best part of the business. Yeah. Being with the team, being a major league announcer, being a network announcer. I said the vast, vast majority of our business, uh, that they, they don't reach the heights they want to. Uh, they don't become like you, the sports anchor, the sports director, that uh, they are, you know, in, in, in different capacities or maybe not even what their dreams they had as a kid wanted them to be. They're in something else altogether. So what you're seeing is the best of this business. But uh, my Olivia gave me the dad Heisman and said, thanks, dad. Uh, well, uh, understand that she got in the business. And I told Annie, my wife, I said, we'll know, you know, just how successful she'll be uh, in the business by her work ethic in college. She went to the University of Georgia, and which is a great one of the top five, seven journalism schools in the country. Turned down a scholarship actually at Syracuse. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is Syracuse is kind of for people who are not in the business. That that is kind of the holy grail. That and Missouri are probably the two best overall journalism schools. Northwestern's in there, USC. But Georgia's in that conversation as well. And so she went there and worked long hours um, and and, and put the time in the business. As you know, Frank, you can say this as well as anyone. If you don't put the time in in this business, it will come back and bite you and you will not get where you want to go where, where your dreams, uh, you know, think they're going to lead you. It it just doesn't happen. So she put in a lot of time to affect what she's doing. She loves the challenge. She's not perfect, but like all of us, but like me, she loves the challenge of getting better every broadcast. Yeah. Uh, Talk a little bit about the other kids and what they're doing. We saw Haley, uh, you know, uh, recently here, she was at the War Horses for Veterans. Yes. Ter- a terrific charity for those guys to help the, you know, to help the guys with PTSD, not just veterans of you know, of the military, but also police departments, fire departments, EMT people and all that. It, it was a great night and she came up and she's, she's just wonderful. And just talk about Haley and Robert and, and the rest of the crew. Yeah, Abigail's our oldest and she's getting married this summer. You know, it's kind of like the mother hen. Uh, who, uh, you know, has to make sure that all the little chicks are taken care of before she she can. But she came home. She was in New York working. Uh, she came home during COVID, uh, worked remotely for, for a year and a half. But while she was home, she met this uh, wonderful boy who's going to be our new son-in-law in a couple uh, months. And um, uh, like her other two son-in-laws, we love them. A Kansas City family, like uh, Haley's husband, like a longtime Kansas City family his dad is a doctor um and and then um uh so, so all three of our girls will be married uh, by this end of this summer we've got four grandchildren Haley, who you talked about who you saw at your function uh has three um olivia our, our baby girl she's got a, a year old boy uh she's married to a, a former uh, uh, college player at wisconsin uh, who played in the two Final Fours for the Badgers, Sam Decker, who's now playing overseas, played five years in the NBA. So she's been an NBA wife, and now she's living overseas in London. He's playing in the Euro League. 
was just named MVP. Uh, so so he's he's doing great. They got a one year old, and he is huge. Like he is gigantic. He is <laughs> he is she, she's what she's five seven. He is more than half her size. He's one. He is a load. So he's gonna be like his dad, who's six nine. Um, and then we've got Robert, our our baby. He's he's our son, who was just recruited to a, a new position in Chicago. He's been in Denver. Went to the University of Denver. Abigail went to Furman, a little school in South Carolina. Right. Haley went to Miami of Ohio, um, and then got her master's at Northwestern. Olivia went to Georgia. Robert went to the University of Denver. Now you're saying to yourself. How can a Kansas Jayhawk alum allow his kids to leave the state? I'm asking myself the same question. <laughs> Why? You've got a great school 40 miles away. Why would you leave? Hey, well, well, the deal is, and I could have just paid in-state tuition. Come on, you guys. Well, why are you going to all these schools? I got to pay all this money out. Are you kidding me? It's coming out of your. Uh, Holy smokes! I know. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, none of mine went to Villanova either, so don't uh, don't don't feel bad. They didn't have your football prowess right. to play at Villanova like you did. Yeah, right. And and my youngest daughter went to Missouri and was going to do journalism. Got to a sophomore year and goes, I don't think so, Dad. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm done. So yeah, they're, they're all they're all doing great as well. Let's talk about you. The fact that you could live, you've you've lived in both Wisconsin and here in uh, in in the Kansas City area all your life. And you go back to Wisconsin, of course, that is your boyhood home. But there is just something about Kansas City, isn't there? Well, um, we've had the chance to move several times, and we could live any place. We could live in Honolulu. We could live in Boston. We could live any any place, and. Um, we love our church. We love our friends. We love our neighborhoods. We love, we love Kansas City. We we we've chosen that as the place to raise our children, and now um, all are back in Kansas City except our son, who is in Chicago. and And our daughters told him he's still climbing in his business. And our daughters say, you know, once you move back, you're 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 done. You'll you'll be here the rest of your life. And so he's 27. He just turned 27. He's not quite at that stage yet, but will be. He's not married. Um, but but when he is, he's going to want to move back. He's told us that. So our girls are back in Kansas City. I think they saw the kind of life that we had as they were growing up as little girls, um, and they they saw what it was like to live in our town. And, and the thing about living in the Midwest, which is so different than other parts of the country, is there is something about Midwest nice. There There is, as much as I do in, in the world, traveling from coast to coast and south to north, I, I can tell you, that, that Midwestern people are different kinds of people. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to clump them into and, and, or degrade anything in other parts of the world, but being a Kansas City, and I wear with great pride, and I love telling people that I'm from Kansas City and love the fact that we've raised our kids there and chosen that as our home, remains our home. We've been in the same house for 28 years, raised our kids in that house, and um uh, it, it, it is, it's more than a town. It's more than a lifestyle. It is in our DNA and will always be in our DNA. And now we've passed it on to our kids and they will never move. They'll be there forever. So we are a blessed that we found a town. A lot of people, you know, are nomadic and they, they, they can't seem to relate to a city or it doesn't really resonate with them in whatever way uh, it should. But Kansas City does for my wife and I and certainly for our children, and that that is a source of pride. Yeah, it's amazing because I was one of those nomadic guys. I was always, you know, being in Pittsburgh and in Philadelphia and then California and then the state of Washington and then Wisconsin and then down to Kansas City, and I had no inkling to stay here more than a few years. You know, I was going to be here, you know, three or four years and then move on maybe back to my old hometown of Pittsburgh or go back to Philadelphia Thank God I didn't go back there. But the, uh, you know, but, but the idea, I think you also traveling around the country and you see all these other cities and there is just something about Kansas City because you just go, you've always migrated back to back to home. Uh, and, and what has been really great, I know that probably doesn't apply to a lot of people, uh, but people who travel, that airport is phenomenal. I love our light rail system. I love uh, the fact that, that Union Station has come alive again. 
after a lot of uh, money and fundraising and work to get it back to what it was like. Yeah. Uh, as, as, as if it wasn't the busiest train station in the world, it was the second busiest train station in the world. Kansas City has always been a crossroads of America. Um, um, the, the history in our town speaks for itself. Uh, but, but what I have found is no one leaves Kansas City, especially if they were born there and they went to K-State, MU, or KU, they come back and they stay. And uh, I went from Green Bay not knowing anything about Kansas City. When I was an 18-year-old, my, my, my parents put me on a plane at the Green Bay Airport. I connected through Chicago, flew TWA into Kansas City, um, got a ride by some weird cab company to Lawrence. <laughs> um, I had two big suitcases, and that was it. And there I was. I planted myself there. And it's been our home ever since, since 19, since the summer of 1978, when I was there as a freshman in college. So, so it is, I remember driving into Kansas City when I was a student, what a big deal it was. Uh, loved every second of my time at KU. And as uh, my history will show, Kansas City is, is our home. It's our adopted hometown. We come to Green Bay, see my mom and dad who are in their mid 80s, um, doing well, but, but slowing down clearly. So I, I'm closer to them and my off time. We come up here. Uh, we're on Lake Michigan, north of Green Bay, by about an hour and a half. and spend our summers up here. This is where we took our kids every summer. Our kids grew up here every summer. Uh, they worked at the little ice cream place down the road. They uh, taught sailing. They, they learned to fish. They learned to sail. They learned to boat. And, and we always kind of thought by taking them away in the summer, kind of gave them a new perspective. We were lucky enough that my summers were off like a, uh, a, a, a clergyman or a, or a teacher, teacher mm -hmm. off, right? And that we could do something kind of unique and different uh, because I was so busy in the fall and winter. Uh, but we, they, we would always look forward to that drive, that, that uh, 14 drive hour, hour home uh, drive uh, back to Kansas City and, and them get to see their friends. We'd have a bunch of people come up and visit all summer long. So it, 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 it has been a nice, nice part of our life, but we are Kansas Cityans. Yeah, I'm right. Proud to say it. Yeah, yeah, you bet. So am I. In fact, you know, at, uh, I was in Green Bay, uh, smart enough to be there for two winters, Kevin. Uh, when, you can walk, <laughs> uh, when you can walk on the lake until May, uh, just, you know, it's, I'm not that holy where I can just part. But when you can walk on lakes until May, I'm going, uh, I was there for 15 months. Okay. Yeah. And I went, yeah. okay. Time to go. Time to yes, find a different yes, spot. But, yes, yes, yeah. yes. But, 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 well, but the other thing looks, is... It looks like the moon yeah. sometimes up here. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the other thing about it is the, the kids, kids are nomadic by nature a lot when they're young. They want to see new places. When you see so many of kids like you talked about that, that they graduate from school around here and they come here and they, they've lived here, they don't leave here. I've, you know, back where I'm from, Pittsburgh, and back when I went to school, Philadelphia, those guys are spread all over the East Coast or, you know, on the West Coast. or They're all over the country. People from here come here, live it, love it here, and stay here. It's just, it's fantastic. Yeah. I do, and, um, uh, you know, it, it's it's got everything that you could get in a major. First of all, we can get to any major city in the country. Oh, yeah. You can get now to vacation destinations. Uh, the next thing for our city to do is to get an international flight to one of the European hubs. And I think that's probably closer than we think. Yes. And that will be great because then I, I think if you could draw people from Topeka and Omaha and Wichita and, and, and Lincoln and, and Columbia and, you know, you could fill those flights every day to London or Frankfurt. And then they could because we have a lot of people that have, have, have looked beyond Kansas City and 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 you know want to stretch their legs but are always happy to get back and mm -hmm. now we've got this great uh, airport to to send us off and welcome us home to and and that is great but but the, the restaurants and um, you know there's something that is so great about seeing familiar faces um, I've got friends that I went to college with that I see on a regular basis known for over 40 years I mean watch their kids grow up watch them retire um, you, I mean, like, like, like we've known each other for, like I said, over 40 years and, and, and there's something very comforting. It's not that we don't challenge ourselves and, and don't want to stretch our legs and we can see the world. You can leave right. and you can always come back. But when you come back, I think we all need is 
human beings a place that we call home. And, and home is one of those wonderful ingredients that you put into your, your happiness DNA that, that brings you a sense of belonging. We all want to belong to something. Now, listen, with the royal success, you know, eight years ago, seven years ago, with what the Chiefs have done over the last four or five years before that, with Carl and Marty back in the 90s when they turned the corner and became good, these sports teams, you know, uh, uh, Sporting Kansas City, the Tom Watsons, the George Bretts, the icons that are still in our town. I mean, you know, those are all the value-added things we get, right? We get to, uh, you get to see George. I just saw him the other night, and uh, he's chosen this state in Kansas City. Uh, Tom Watson's from Kansas City, but that's his hometown. So, I mean, like, we're, we're dealing, Len Dawson, he never left. Len Dawson could have left, you know, uh, the rest of his soul. He could have, he could have left decades ago to go to New York or wherever. He He's from Ohio, and he chose to live in Kansas right. City and live his last days in Kansas City with, with his wonderful family. So I, 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 I just think that when you, when you can say that you belong to a place and you can wear that badge and say, I'm a Kansas City or I'm a, I'm a St. Louis, I'm a, I, I, I live in Denver. Wherever you live, wherever that special place is, um, bravo. And, and, and aren't you blessed to have that kind of element to your life? And that's how our family uh, feels about Kansas City. Yeah, Kevin, uh, very well said. By the way, some most of those icons will be following you on this. By the way, you are you are one of the uh, the lead people on. There's just something about Kansas City. And I, I can't thank you enough for spending some time. I know you got some guy in a barn, some guy in San Diego, <laughs> somebody in San Francisco you waiting for it. you it's somewhere, like, buddy. It's like, it could be like a sitcom. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> like, my wife, will, you know, she'll knock on the door and say, hey, I've got lunch downstairs. I got to do a couple more things. Sometimes I hear her giggling, like with some of the stuff. Like, I say, well, this is my job. This is what I do for a living. This what I have to do. I've got to go to a football game. <laughs> it's crazy, my friend. Hey, I love you. Love you've you you've been a great Frankie. friend. Oh, uh, yeah, you've this, been a great well, friend forever. With you. I, yeah. I, 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 we could talk forever about our lives intersecting as they have. And I love your family and um, uh, think about you often. And you were nice to send me those pictures, by the way, the other day. Thank you for that. Um, uh, we are, we are lucky. We are blessed men and, and, Sometimes you have people that go through our lives and are along for the ride, the entire ride, but, but thank God they were there. And I, I mentioned Len Dawson minutes ago and uh, you and I love Lenny. Oh love yeah. Lenny. And, and uh, I think about him often, but we think about all the people that have crossed our lives and most of them connected through our great city. You our, bet. Our Don't forget. Love. There's just something about Kansas city. Thanks, Kevin Harlan. You are the best. Thank you, Frankie. Great to be on with you, Bill. Love you. Love you too.